You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You know, at the end of the day, football is football. All Patriots, all, all the time. Ooh, that's spicy. Patriots all, all the time. Welcome to, 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 to First and Foxborough. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of First and Foxborough. I am your host, Kyrie Thompson. Make sure you are downloading, subscribing, listening on the free Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. It's been a minute since we talked, and that, that's actually the first time we've done it on the First and Foxborough podcast. But Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, is no stranger to any airwaves or, or uh, any any digital space that I occupy. And he's here to bring you some more good stuff about the Patriots and the league in general. How you doing, my man? I'm doing well. Good to see you again. It's uh, Yeah, it's been a minute. Yes, sir. Now, okay. I mean, first and foremost, we got to do it. We got to do it. How wild is this? How wild is this whole Bailey Zappi saga right now? Because it feels... It feels Bearsian to me, which is interesting because we're about to be, you know, they're about to play the Chicago Bears this week. But I mean, just the 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 supernova, I think, is unlike anything I've seen in quite a while in terms of a backup quarterback just coming in. And in two games, he's got the entire region in the palm of his hand. Yeah, you know, I think it's a little different in that it's maybe a, a good problem to have as opposed to, you know, a Caleb Haney or, a, you know, a Kyle Orton replacing a Rex Grossman who was or going. Matt Barkley. Yeah, we could just sit here and just name names for the next half hour if we wanted to. But, but yeah, so, you know, I, I think it's a, a more of a good problem to have. I think first and foremost, the Patriots have done this forever, and it's a genius roster construction approach. It's why Jacoby Brissett and Jimmy Garoppolo and all these guys are starters elsewhere, and they got trade compensation for Garoppolo. But, you know, I also think this is kind of what the Patriots do that other teams don't, is that every position actually has competition. Yes, Tom Brady didn't really have competition, but there's this facade and this belief across the NFL that you have to pick a quarterback and stick with him and you have to, you know, stroke his ego and, and, and not do anything to question his authority. The Patriots don't believe that. And now they're going to have, you know, a guy, if it is Mac Jones, I'm assuming it will be, who's playing with his feet to the fire a little bit more, um, which is probably a good thing. Yeah. And, you know, it, it really, as you mentioned, right, draft a quarterback even when you don't have to. Have legitimate com- competition at, at every position 
when you don't have to. The theme of, of their their mantra, when you hear a training camp practice, it's about competition. That's why when, when, when people talk about controversy in regards to this situation, I, I'll ask you about this in a moment. I don't know just yet that there is a, a full-blown controversy. I still think that this job is Mac Jones's once he's healthy. But competition? Oh, yeah. I mean, look, even last year, Cam Newton was talking about Brian Hoyer should be trying to take my job. Mac should be trying to take my job. Jarrett Stidham should be trying to take my job when they were all in the same room together, right? That didn't last the whole time. But that that's the way that they view it. They are all out there trying to start. You can you can put QB1, QB2, whatever, but that that's just names. In the end, it's about production. Right now, Bailey Zappi's producing. Yeah, and here's two examples. I mean, another first-round pick in Isaiah Wynn is getting you know pushed out of games from Marcus Cannon, who they signed basically out of like a pseudo retirement and brought back in, and he's now you know eating into his snaps, his workload. It doesn't matter how high, highly drafted you were. It doesn't matter how much money we're paying you. And another example, kind of a different one. I mean, look, Shaq Mason's a very, very, very good player. Oh, the yeah. Patriots probably should have tried to get more than a fifth-round pick in that trade, but Michael Amenu has our highest pass blocking grade in the entire NFL across all positions right now, and he's a top-10 run-blocking guard as well. He's one of the best guards in football. So they just never buy into, hey, did we pay this guy or we draft this guy high or we like this guy, yada, yada, yada. Every single week, you need to be the best player at that position, or you might not play. And I think it's why I think this team is massively overachieving compared to their talent right now. Uh, maybe on both sides of the ball, frankly. Yeah. And you know what? It's interesting, right? You you brought up Michael Owenu right there, which that one felt like one plus one equals two, which uh, foreshadowing for later, um, that, that felt like an easy plug and play in, in a way, because he was he, he was playing well when he was on the field. It didn't quite fit on the left side of the line at first, but but his play has been so much better. He's been a real stalwart for them on the offensive line. So to me, yeah, it's like, why are you trading Shaq Mason? Uh, I mean, like you could just keep him and play Michael and Wenu on the other side, and you have two really good guards. But in the end, they felt like we are going to stick to our guns with this. Michael and Wenu, you're going to take his spot, and you know we'll, gra- we'll draft Cole Strange, which is, I mean, from a value perspective, uh, no, don't really feel it. But he's been a he's been a solid player. He's he's been doing his job. But the other one that that's been standing out that people have been bringing up is that Bill Belichick was right about J.C. Jackson. He absolutely nailed it by not paying J.C. Jackson, and then he gets Jack Jones in the fourth round. And Jack Jones is is he currently the highest rated rookie defender right now? He's I think the highest graded cornerback in the NFL right now. And, oh and obviously God. there's some yeah. <laughs> You know, he hasn't yeah. played as many snaps as some of the guys. You know, like a Darius Slay is right up there. Uh, but still, I mean, he's, he's played a decent amount of games and, and snaps at this point. But you nailed it, too. I, mean, I don't know if you saw Brandon Staley's press conference. Not only did J.C. Jackson get benched, but, you know, I saw him looking at that reconstructed ankle he had surgery on and thought maybe it was injury-related. They asked Brandon Staley, hey, on that deep ball to K.J. Hamler, was, was J.C. Jackson supposed to expect help over the top, or was it his assignment? And Staley just goes, no, he shouldn't have expected help. Then they go, what about the play, the tight end, to Greg Dulcich, the long touchdown? Was J.C. Jackson supposed to have help there or not? He goes, no. Like, it was – He's pissed. Like I, I, I'm almost wondering if it's if it's part performance and also like the guy doesn't even know where he's supposed to be. Um, yes, that was another genius call to Bill Belichick that bringing Jack Jones and he's been phenomenal so far. You know, a couple of interceptions, been been a great, great player already early in his career. Absolutely. Now you did mention something I want to seize on a little bit here. You talked about 
it doesn't matter where you've been drafted. They want the best player every single week, which I mean, okay, that, that should be how you want to run your football team. That said, there's a little bit of a sticking point here because there are a bunch of people that want Bailey Zappi to be the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots for the rest of this season. Like right now, just, just go ahead and, and let him play until he fails, even when Mac Jones is healthy. Slash, there's some people who say, you know what, when Mac Jones comes back, uh, yeah, sure, he'll start, but short leash. And if he doesn't play well, then replace him with Bailey Zappi and let him finish out the year. My thing is that the consequence of that to me if you bench Mac Jones this early in his career, is that not it? Like, like, have you basically just decided you're, you're, you're done with Mac Jones? You basically have to trade him. Yeah, sure. You could keep him around for competition next year, but I feel like that's a bridge burned. And is that, is that insane to, to do that for a, a top fifth for, for a number 15 overall pick from last year to de- potentially just say, we're moving on from you and going with a fourth round pick. After this, yeah, I, I think it is a bridge too far, and I think it was a little bit insane. I don't know why my lighting is like going light and dark. I don't know if that you're noticing that, but anyway, um, is, the, is the darkness rising up inside you thinking about the, the organization? Might, might yeah, thinking about the fact that the Patriots have two quarterbacks, uh, better than some teams have one, but uh, yeah, no, so um. I think it is a little bit insane. I will say this. Like, all credit in the world to Bailey Zappi. He was a winner and a producer on a ridic- ridiculous scale in college. But you watch some of the film. When kept clean, he grades really well for us. Under pressure, it really kind of falls off a cliff a little bit. And also just, look, Mac Jones, no one's talked about how he has incredible arm talent or or all that. But it's better than Bailey Zappi's. I think he can make I some, feel like you know, I'm taking crazy pills, Brad. You got you got people over here telling me that it's like I watch all twenty two too, and like, it's like I, I can't see a difference between them. It's like he made like four or five throws in that Baltimore game. Yeah, there were picks, but he, like four or five throws that Bailey Zappi. I've never even seen him attempt. I don't Correct. think he can do it. I could not agree more. So I'm actually glad you said that too, because you you follow even closer than I do. So yeah, I mean, it's like I I wouldn't trust him to throw like an out route across, you know, to the to the field side. Like I wouldn't even let him do it. I wouldn't even let it be part of his no. progression. So and they're not again, letting him do it. So no, what does that no. tell you? Yeah, right. Exactly. I know. And yeah, he's thrown very few passes beyond twenty yards beyond the line of scrimmage. Again, he's playing well. We're not trying to like detract from him, but Mac yeah. Jones is a better player, has more talent, more tools. My thing is. Whereas the Patriots apparently like to get guys back early from injury or wanted him to get that uh, that procedure. I'm blanking now, but you know what I'm talking about, where they all get out yeah, the high ankles. rope, high ankles procedure. Right, yeah. right. And, and that gets guys back faster. If I'm them, I get why they maybe did it in the first place. But now I would say, even if he's 90% healthy going into this Sunday, let him sit. Let him not play a game. Wait till he's yeah. actually fully healthy. That's the only difference and only change I would make. Um, and again, part of that is because their opponent is, is the Chicago Bears. Yeah. And you know what? I, I think I'm with you on that one. It's that at this point, if if you're committed to the bit and and you're and you're saying, look, Mac Jones, just, just get healthy, man. He's n- he's not fully there. And I believe Doug Kide uh, tweeted out earlier that according to sources, Mac Jones is about 85 to 90 percent, which is the figure that you reference. And that means, yeah, sure, he could play. But why do it? I, I'm kind of looking at this week as, look, you're playing the Chicago Bears. Do you really need to do this? Get him back against the Jets because that's going to be that's going to be a real game. I, I mean, look, I, I'm going to say this right now. I was like, you know what? Yeah, on paper, Jets, cool. Uh, you know, but you got to show me. 
so far they've been they've been showing me. So I mean we we get we get we gotta see. I mean I, I still think that Bill Belichick will have something for the Jets. We know that he absolutely loathes them with the passion of a million burning suns, but they're they're a better team than I thought they were gonna be for sure. No question, especially on defense. I mean, I think like Quinn and Williams is going to give them problems. That entire defensive front is going to give them problems. And they have good cornerback. Sauce Gardner looks like, you know, the top mm-hmm. five pick we all saw. Mm-hmm. DJ Reed was a great free agent signing. And that's where with Chicago, again, not just trying to knock them all day long, but they have our lowest pressure percentage in the NFL by almost 10 points. Like, it's, it's crazy. It's like 30%. The next lowest is 39%. So, like I said, because Bailey Zappi right now is a top five graded guy for us when kept clean, no pressure. If you know that and you know Chicago is not going to generate much of a pass rush on you, it just makes all the more sense in the world. New York, though, they're going to be in your lap and they're going to be getting after you on almost every snap from every which angle with a four-man front. Um, that's going to be a different story. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, I foreshadowed a little bit. Um, <laughs> there have been some questions or, or rather some some comments coming out from this way about Mac Jones and whether or not he has an attitude problem. There is Ben Bolin of the Boston Globe went viral yesterday for saying that on NBC Sports Boston and then came on uh, my station, WEEI, this morning and said that he heard it from, he didn't say he heard it from somebody within the organization, but rather that he heard it from somebody who would know, quote unquote, um, and kind of waffled on, uh, call it a report. Don't call it a report. I wouldn't call it a report. Call it whatever you want. You know, that that whole thing. But basically, it was just a DM or somebody said this. And the entire Patriots beat has has leapt all the way down his throat about it. And I mean, like, I, I mean, I, I tweeted something about I wasn't, you know, overly, you know, being personal about it. But others like Doug Kide said, this ain't it. Jeff Howe of The Athletic, who was on the Patriots beat, now he's gone more national, said, look, if everybody's telling you one plus one equals two, and then one guy's telling you one plus one equals 75, it's like, that's what this situation is. Mac Jones does not have an ego problem. Look, when, when you, when you're hearing that, like what, what have you heard about that in your conversations and just, I don't know, how much stock do you put into that kind of thing? Yeah, I'm not sure I totally buy it. I mean, not trying to, you know, attack the credibility of Olin, who obviously does get a lot of information and is is plugged in in New England. But, A, you know, you saying now how he's not really standing behind it as a true report, I think there's a red flag, you know, right out of the gate. But also, look, Mac Jones is at Alabama, sat behind several quarterbacks the entire time. I actually think he may also be getting some of this negative, you know, news because the team apparently wanted him to get this tightrope procedure. He saw Tua Tagovailoa get the tightrope procedure at Alabama, and it mm-hmm. didn't really go particularly well. He came back in the game, for the national championship game, didn't play well, um, you know, right after getting it, about a month after getting it. So I, I, I think it's more a player that is trying to protect their long-term health and to call him selfish or that he has an ego because of that, I think is kind of ridiculous. Um, but again, at the same time, you know, Mac Mac's not a perfect person either. He, he's had some some blights on his record in the past. But I think you, there are probably some things you could say about Mac. I don't think him being like an ego guy that that doesn't want to work as hard. I, don't, I saw Bowen say making the Pro Bowl was the worst thing that could happen to him last or year. Being like, named to the top NFL top 100. I'm just like, what are you talking about? I'm man? selling see, all see, that, that. That that's the kind of stuff that feels personal. Like that's the kind of stuff that that feels like that. That's not that's not about football. And honestly, that's not even I mean, yeah, you might have heard it from one person. Now you're hearing all this stuff about Mac Jones is a why, why, why guys always asking questions. It's like, can I just say something? Mac Jones asks questions because he wants to be good at his job. 
Okay, yes. like, like that that's what that's what he did in college. That's what made him so good. It's what makes him so good now. He wants to know the A, B, C, D, and why do A, B, C, D so that when he gets out there, he doesn't look like a fool. Okay. Uh-huh. And, it, and, yeah. and to me, if that's a problem within the Patriots organization for anybody, that I don't think that's a Mac Jones problem. I'm gonna be I'm gonna keep it real with you. I don't think that's a Mac Jones problem. But you know what? I don't know how many people feel that way or whatever. I don't want to go all, all the way out there and say the Patriots are are you know being being crappy to Mac Jones because I don't know all that. But that's just how I feel when I hear stuff like that. I don't know. No, I'm the same way. And look, you know, he doesn't need to be like asking why are we signing or drafting these players? That I would agree, like, you know, it's yeah. not your business. But you know, why are we running these play- – like, yeah, you would hope he asked that. And, and, again, to the point of there's no way he's coming in making the NFL top 100 and being like, oh, I'm a, you know, big big man on campus. Tom Brady is the top 100. Like, like come on. Like, it's yeah. let's not pretend like he knows the shadow of which he's playing in. Come on. And besides, Mac Jones was like the 90th player on yeah, there. Yeah. It's not <laughs> like he was number one or, like, top 10. You really think that's going to sit up there and make him get a huge head? Like, I mean, come on. Like, that that's – it's an honor. It's cool. But to me, I just – I don't know that I really believe that he's got that big of an ego problem because he was like 95 or whatever, like on the, on the top 100 list. Okay. I, I've got, got my blood pressure sufficiently going right here, but look, I want to, I want to talk a little bit more broadly about the second year quarterback question here, because you I don't know if Mac Jones is going to play this week or not, but this was going to be this coming Monday night was going to be a, a showdown between Mac Jones and Justin Fields who are two second year quarterbacks who are on different you know trajectories and both of them are kind of on I don't know they're the press isn't great for them right now you had Bill Belichick you know talking positively about Justin Fields this morning he's athletic he can make all the throws which is the dreaded one that you never want to hear um but but I do think that it was interesting to hear Bill Belichick say that he's getting better every week and 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 talking about the things that he can see, the things that he does do. I just, I don't know. Are we being too impatient with second-year quarterbacks? Are we expecting too much from some of these guys? Like, for example, I'm thinking of, you know, Mac Jones after a three-game sample size, he was not playing to the level that he was last year, but he was being asked to do more than Bailey Zappi was. He was being asked to run the offense out of shotgun. You run the show. You make the throws downfield. Like, I mean, he was leading the NFL in deep passing yards when he when he got hurt. Like, to give you an idea of what that was. You know, Justin Fields, I mean, there are flaws in his play. But he's out. He's the only thing that the Chicago Bears offense has in, in some cases. I mean, it's it's rough. Trevor Lawrence starts off hot then starts to taper off. I mean, it. this is tough. It's tough stuff for some of these guys right now. So, I mean... How how much is it when you're when you're watching the second year quarterbacks play? How patient do we need to be with them? And how much of it is look, we need to playing the long game and looking at year three as really being the make or break year. Like, look, year two, we want you to learn, we want you to build, and then year three is the year we need to see something from you. Yeah, no, I think it's certainly fair, especially just quickly on Fields and Jones. I mean, these are guys that teams passed on, right? I mean, we're not talking yeah. about Lawrence Wilson, Trey Lance going one, two, three, teams yeah. trading up, you know, mortgaging their future just to go get them. It's guys that, you know, yeah, Chicago traded up for, for Fields, but at 11th overall, Mac Jones falls all the way to 15th to the New England Patriots. So 
the guys that you, again, would think some of these teams don't think they can be good right away. Maybe that's why they were afraid of taking them. And it's going to take some time to develop. So, yeah, you know, I think, unfortunately, guys like Patrick Mahomes kind of ruined this for us. I mean, Josh Allen didn't do anything yeah. until his third season either. I'm yeah. not trying to make a Josh Allen comp, but he didn't. And so it is tough, you know. And the Jalen Hurts. I mean, that that was right. another one I dug into the stats a little bit is too. People talk about Fields' time to throw. Jalen Hurts was holding the ball for more than three seconds his first two seasons now. And and now they've got him a great offensive line and some more weapons. He's he's dipped under that threshold. Now he's getting no rid about of the ball it. faster. Right. And I and I'm looking at that like, okay, uh, how about we how about we do that for these guys before throwing them out in the trash? You know what I mean? Even the first half of last season, when they tried to be a more of a drop-back passing attack, it wasn't going well. And Nick Sirianni, credit to him, and Shane Steich and their offensive coordinator said, oh, hit the pause button and said, we need to change our entire offense. And leaned on Jeff Stoutland, their offensive line coach, maybe the best offensive line coach in football, who's also their run game coordinator, and came up with all these zone reads and read mm -hmm. options and all these things they're doing to actually utilize the skill set of Jalen Hurts. And now they have one of the best offenses in the NFL. So... Yeah, I think we're, we're, we're a little bit early to pump the brakes a little bit. Like you said, Mac Jones, he was, you know, putting more balls potentially at risk of getting turned over, but also was, was completing more downfield passes than he had done prior by a decent amount. So definitely need to hit the pause button, wait a little bit. Um, but I understand, as always, why, you know, fans want to see immediate, you know, positive returns. It's just not really a reality at that position in, in this sport. Yeah, absolutely. It, I think it is interesting that you said, you know, Patrick Mahomes comes in and just lights the world on fire MVP and then Super Bowl the next year, Super Bowl champion. And I, I mean, I think that just speaks to him being an, an exception to the rule of one of one. Even you look at Lamar Jackson, right? Lamar Jackson is still to an extent playing that kind of ball while getting better in the pocket, but he has to do it his own way. And I, I feel like so often what we do as evaluators and, and, and scouts of, of, of the sport is we try to put people in boxes and it's like, look, you're like, you're a pocket passer. That means you have to play like Matt Ryan or something like that in order to be successful. Or eh, you're kind of an athletic guy. That, that means that all you can do apparently is run. Like listening to Ryan Fitzpatrick say that it's like Justin Fields, like you can't pass from the pocket. All you can do is run. And it's like, I mean, people said that about Lamar Jackson too. And look at what he has become. He's become the best quarterback in football, arguably, this year. And so you can do things differently. And I think that that's the interesting way of, of can you find a coaching staff that is willing and able to cater things to your quarterback straight and get the most out of that player? Because I think Mac Jones can, I mean, you could talk about ceiling if you want, but I feel like Mac Jones can be still more than people think that, that he is. And Justin Fields can be a lot more than he currently is. No doubt about it. And, and you have to understand the surroundings around them. Yes, the Patriots, you know, like we talked about, you know, decent offensive line, but it's far from perfect. They're playing some young guys. They're rotating some players at right tackle. Um, Trent Brown is obviously a good player. and was a good signing, but, you know, he's kind of, you know, mercurial. That's kind of why he is who he is. You don't know what you're going to get out of him sometimes. And then the receivers, they have depth there, no question. But, you know, do they have a true number one? No. Um, you know, they're kind of, again, you know, the tight ends are okay, probably two, you know, mediocre investments. So, and then, and then we don't have to talk about Chicago Bears. And 
you know, maybe the worst offensive line and maybe the worst receiving core in the NFL, uh, at least in the conversation comfortably. So, yeah, I, I think we are. All, we also just put too much on their shoulders. And look, I mean, we, we talk about this behind the line. Like, I'm not absolving Justin Fields of all the yeah. blame. I think he bears some of the responsibility. But oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but it's not entirely on him. And like you said, when you do see situation and surroundings improve with a Jalen Hurts, with a Josh Allen, again, not comparing those players, but when you see their surroundings get better and they also get better, it's not some miracle. It's it's kind of, you know, those, those things are correlated. Yes, yes. And and it all depends. I mean, you, you look at the situations that both teams have. I think you, you uh, put this out there yesterday in terms of effective cap space. The Bears have like $98 million in effective cap space for next year. They could de- definitely... Uh, overhaul some things over there, but the Patriots are next on that list with about 50 million. They they've got some some things that they can do as well to to improve their team. Real quick to kind of close things out, the Patriots last year were in a similar sort of position where they start off one and three, and people are kind of like, uh, you know, like uh, maybe this is the lost year. And then they go on a winning streak, uh, kind of in that middle soft part of the schedule, and get themselves. I mean, atop the AFC East for a little bit there, and then they fade down into the wild card and, and, and all that, but they made the playoffs. This year, kind of the same thing, and I think a lot of people thought, and I think this is contributing to the Zappy fever, that a lot of people thought, oh, man, when Mac Jones went down and then Brian Hoyer goes down, it's like, well, we got to play Bailey Zappy now? Really? For real? But now they're 3-3. Three and three. When you look at last year's team versus this year's team, where they are right now and some of the grades, how they're trending – do you think there's a similar run here to get this Patriots team back into the playoffs, which is a place that I and a lot of people weren't really buying that they were going to get to? Yeah, and I probably was in the same boat. I didn't think they were bad, but thought maybe they were like an eight-win football team, maybe, you know, 10 on a good year, and that still yeah, doesn't really – a good a good team that misses the playoffs. It happens. Right, because 10 wins in the AFC doesn't guarantee you anything this season. But, um, you know, yeah, I do, because we talked a lot about the young players that are playing well, and they should continue to grow. I think Christian Barmore maybe has getting, been getting more attention this year. You probably know about that, but yes. hasn't graded out as well. Hasn't had as many kind of flash plays that you see him blowing dudes up on Twitter and stuff like that. And I'm sure in yeah. part is because offenses now are, you know, doubling him or oh, he's getting a lot of double teams. Yeah, right. Which which he should. Right. So but I think, you know, he'll, he'll overcome that. He'll grow from that. Or, you know, it's freeing up Dietrich Wise and Matthew Judah on the edges and, and doing all these different things. But I also just love I mean, Look, they have four safeties right now that are legit good NFL players. Oh, yeah. Real Peppers is still getting healthy, is basically kind of a pseudo linebacker and a good player for them. And then on offense, too, like we just saw Tyquan Thornton's debut, our guy, our guy Tyquan, and, uh, you know, had a touchdown, had multiple red zone targets, which I think speaks volumes to they like what they have in this guy. If you're getting multiple red zone targets from a Bill Belichick offense in your first game back, they like you (laughs) and they think you're a player. So, yeah, I think they also have room for growth and getting better. And obviously, of course, again, Matt, getting a healthy Mac Jones, who limit some of the mistakes, but still make some of those chunk plays. And and I think he will and think he can. And again, now he's got extra motivation with Bailey Zappi right behind him. So I do. I think they could. This AFC East is a bit of a gauntlet, but they could win 10, 11 games and get it as a wild card. You know, the Bills, in my opinion, are not getting caught for the division. No, no I don't <laughs> think so. I, I, don't, I don't think so at all. And I mean, it is interesting that some of these teams that maybe looked like they were going to be tougher down the line with the Cardinals. Uh, I don't know about all that. Um, and then, uh, I think I I, I want to say I had them winning against the Cardinals actually when the season when the schedule came out I want to say I did that, um, but then uh, 
the Bengals. I mean, the Bengals have been kind of iffy as well. Um, so, I mean, you, you, you never know uh, how, how these things are going to turn out. But, but real quick, actually, last, last question. So we talked a little bit before the draft. And and a bit after the draft, it's just like, man, what is going like what what did they think? What were they thinking with Cole Strange and Tyquan Thornton and, and all of that? Now that we've got a little bit of time to digest what they've done, kind of feels like at least through six games, they've hit on their first five picks. What do you think of this of this draft class in hindsight now? This is why, and when folks were saying Belichick was a bad drafter and couldn't draft, there is a lot of randomness to the NFL draft. He also, Patriots basically didn't have a first-round pick for like three or four years there. And when they did, they were picking 32nd or 31st every single year in a row. There is, there's a lot of flukiness there. Again, you can be better over a number of years. And obviously he has done that and has been that. And anyone who thinks otherwise just doesn't understand football um, and doesn't understand you know other fan bases that have dealt with a lot worse than Bill Belichick having two or three bad draft classes in a row with, you know, the third round pick being their earliest pick in the draft. But anyway, yeah, I mean, it's, it's getting some positive variance. It's getting some regression back to the mean, hitting on some of these players. Um, you know, they still did kind of address, you know, some, some non-premium positions like, you know, Cole Strange. But look, if he's a plug, if he's a true plug and play starter, you know, that's kind of what they thought. That was their philosophy. It was known as a weak a draft at the top. They were still able to get the receiver they liked. And like you said, you go down the list and they've got a lot of players they're high on um, and have been playing very well. So, I mean, I, you, you can't lose faith in Bill Belichick. He knows what he's doing, folks. He just had some some negative variants hit him, but now he's back on the upswing. Indeed. And I mean, in, in case you had, weren't catching it, Brad Spielberger, noted Bill Belichick lover, thinks he's the greatest of all time, which I mean, come on, he kind of is. Facts. Um, and <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, look, the, the thing that always gets me just to just to rant one more time is that it's like, oh, yeah, well, Tom Brady won a Super Bowl someplace else. So that means that Bill Belichick didn't have anything to do with it. It's like you have any idea how many times great quarterbacks have have, you know, won just one Super Bowl or not one at all. I mean, yeah. and, and and dude won six Super Bowls here. It's kind of like the whole uh, Jerry Krause thing over with the Chicago Bulls. Look, Michael Jordan would have got his championships one way or another. But would he have had six? Not on his own. Right. Right. Not, on, not, on, not on his own. Brad, thank you so much for joining me. It's always a blast every single time. Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus. Thanks, man. Thank you.